I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Um, I've struggled with what to say this morning in my sermon, and uh, so I need to warn you of a couple things. One is I don't have a full text, and so when you're speaking off the, more off the cuff, it's easy to get going. It's harder to stop. So, um, and the other thing is I also forgot my watch. I actually forgot my watch this morning. And the notes I did have with me, uh, someone took from the 9 o'clock service. I have no notes. <laughs> so if I go on after, after 25 minutes, just like raise your hand. It's like, it's enough. <laughs> Reminds me of the story, I may have told it before, of the um, preacher who went on and on and on one Sunday. And the fellow in the back row was getting so frustrated. He just didn't know what to do. And in frustration and despair, he took a hymn book and he heaved it at the preacher. Well, it didn't quite make him to the preacher. It hit somebody in the front row in the back of the head. But as he was going down unconscious, he was heard to say, throw another one, I can still hear him. <laughs> We're in the epiphany season, which is about light. And my question is, how do we receive the light? How do we receive the light as a gift? What are we to do with it? There's some gifts, if we're given it, we know what to do. If we're given a book, we read it. If we're given a movie, we watch it. What do we do with the light that we have with us? Lauren, can I give you that? Lauren's gonna hold that gift. And if I was to give that to Lauren, she would think, what, how do I receive the gift? What do I do with the gift? There's two stories that I want to uh, look at with you today. One's in your bulletin, one's not. But they're both in the Gospel of John. And John chapter 2 has two stories. Now, they're both well-known stories, and it never really clicked with me that John put them together. I think it purposely juxtaposed them. The first, of course, is the story of Jesus at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. But the next story is also well-known, but I never thought of them going together. And that is the one where Jesus clears the temple. So I thought it'd be interesting to look at those two together. Now, there was a young couple who came to a new city one time. It could have been Houston. They were young, didn't know anybody. They bought a fixer-upper. They liked their house, but they wanted to do some renovations. And so a contractor was suggested to them. And so they called him, and he promised to come and that he could help them. Well, uh, he didn't come and didn't come, and they called, and he promised to come and didn't come. No one has ever had that experience, I know. And uh, so finally the contractor was feeling guilty. He really wanted to help them out. He was just so busy. So one night he was going off to a party. He was dressed for a formal dinner, but he thought, well, I'll just stop in and see what I can get going because I feel so bad that I haven't been able to help them. So he uh, showed up at the door and knocked on the door, met by the woman. Well, unbeknownst to him, she was also planning a party that night, a formal dinner party. So not knowing the contractor, she just thought it was their first guest. So she said to him, well, sir, come on in. It's so nice to see you. My husband and I are in the kitchen just doing some things. Why don't you come into the living room and just begin, thinking he would begin having some chips and drink, and he assumed he would begin what he was supposed to begin. So after a few minutes in the kitchen, the wife and the husband heard this knocking and clamoring in the living room and went in, and there was dust and the plastic sheets red and holes in the wall and the furniture pushed away. And he, she said, what and you, are you doing? And he said, woman, my time has not yet come. 
the party's not here. What did Jesus say to the, his mother? We don't know why he said what he said. But let's compare the two stories of the wedding in Cana of Galilee and the, uh, wedding, the story of the temple. Remembering this is in Epiphany, remembering from John chapter 1, this focus on the light. The light has come into the world and is the life of men. The light has come into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. But to all who received him, to them he gave authority become children of God. Now I think they're put together and, and the different ways that we receive the light or we, we receive Jesus. The wedding of Cana of Galilee, it says, if, if you want to follow along, it's on page 71 in your pew Bible. It's the third page 71. There are pew Bibles out there. So he comes in, it says he was in, uh, his mother was there. So the story about the wedding of Cana is about him and his mother. And then he goes to the story of the temple and it's him and his father. So when they ask him, you know, when he sees what they're doing, he says, what are you doing to my father's house? At the wedding of Cana in Galilee, it is an obscure village. They're having a quiet celebration of a man and a woman being married. Jerusalem, on the other hand, was the very heart of their religious life, their national life, and their pride. Jesus, it said in the first story, Jesus was invited. He was invited with his disciples and his mother. And in the story of the temple, he was anything but invited. When he went in and began doing what he had to do, uh, they took great exception to what he was doing. It's interesting that they both mentioned three days. The first story is introduced by saying after three days. We don't know why the author would designate that it was three days later. But in the next story in the temple, when he says destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. It seems to be a connecting link referring both of these stories to his death and resurrection, which is the true light, what the light has come to do. In the first story, he says he's invited, and he comes in and he supplies what is lacking for their celebration. In the second story, he's not invited, and he begins to wreck, <laughs> to wreck mayhem and chaos upon the situation, throwing tables over, driving them out. It says specifically that he went and made a whip. So it was very intentional. It wasn't that he grabbed a whip that was nearby, but he made this. Now, when, they, when he did this, uh, the, the, the authority said, by what, what sign can you give us that you have the authority to do this? And then he says, destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. And of course, they're outraged. They said, it's taken us 46 years to build this temple, and it did. It was built by Herod. Where's George Dumanville? This is a story about architects. Herod was a great builder of buildings. The temple was fantastic. If you've seen the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem, the temple was about twice as high as the Dome of the Rock. It was absolutely glorious. And uh, he did, Herod did this to impress upon the people. So he said, build, destroy this temple, and I will rebuild it in three days. The sad fact is, is that temple, uh, 40 years later, was completely destroyed. It had only been in existence for about one generation. Then the Romans came in in the year AD 70 and destroyed it. It's interesting to put these two together. How do we receive the light? The people of Cana invited Jesus. 
And when there was a need, they told him of their need, and he filled that need, and that was the first of his signs, to reveal his glory. In the second story, how did they receive him? The religious authorities had built such a wall around God to contain him, to disenfranchise him, that they could be in control. And Jesus came in and started his renovation. And so how, do we, how did they receive the light? How do we find our way in the midst of those two stories to say, how will we receive the light? How do we invite Jesus into our life, into our families, our community, our world? He comes as darkness. He comes into a world of darkness, it says in John 1. And you look at the world today and there's many things of darkness, whether it's global environment concerns, terrorist attacks, a declining economy, or on a personal level. I spent some time this week with a young boy uh, in gym and just got called out by his, his coach and was just devastated. And this darkness came on him. And there's many ways that darkness can come upon us. So how do we receive that light so that we can shine with faith and hope and joy? How do we receive that light so we can share it, so we can bring it into situations of despair, of hopelessness? Well, if you look back at the Old Testament passage uh, that's in the bulletin, it's a very uh, interesting phrase. The, the psalm is a beautiful psalm of God's love of his desire to delight in us. Can we receive Christ in such a way that we delight in him? And then there's a phrase at the end of the, prof uh, the prophecy of Isaiah where it says, you shall marry your builder. Isn't that crazy? I'd never noticed that before. You'll marry your builder. Herod was a great builder, but he was not a builder of people. He was not a builder of community. But God is. God is about the business of building us up building us into a community, a temple that is useful in his hands. Do uh, you know the name Holman Hunt? He, wrote a, he uh, painted a very uh, famous painting called Jesus, the Light of the World. You probably have seen it. There's a picture of an outside door, and it's kind of overgrown, and he's holding a lantern, knocking at the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Well, someone pointed out to the artist that he forgot to paint on a doorknob or a latch to open the door from the outside. And Hoban said, no, I, that was intentional. Because when Jesus stands at the door, he's a gentleman and knocks, but he will not open the door from the outside. We must open it up from the inside. So I pray this epiphany that we would receive and embrace the light. We'd rejoice in it and find our delight in his delight in us. That we would understand the intimacy that he desires the faithfulness, the joy, the fruitfulness of the life with him. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.